so we're back after an extended leave because I got sick and sounded horrible, but that is done now, so don't have to worry about it. Yay! I mean, I also I also had surgery on my mouth, so I was real slurry and like drooly for a Ooh, while. So the fun. This is good timing. Good timing. Perfect timing. And this time we're talking about birds of prey, which I technically talked about as like a bonus episode. In the far, far away year of 2020, when I first did this uh, podcast, and I, it, like literally the day I had just started this podcast, maybe like a week or two before, and I was like, "Oh, this is so good! I want to talk about this movie as a bonus thing because I don't, I don't know what else to do for my podcast." Um, but now we're going to talk about it fully and talk about even the um, <clears throat> Suicide Squad that came before. And then yeah. the Suicide Squad, which came afterwards. Oh, um, and I have strong opinion. Well, I guess lukewarm opinions on the new one and strong opinions on the original one. Um, it's, oh, oh. <laughs> we'll get into it. Yes, yes, we will. But I will start by talking a little bit about Kathy Ann, who is the director of Birds of Prey. And yes, let's do it. She is known for this, which came out in 2020, Dead Pigs from 2018, and According to My Mother in 2016, which I tried to watch, but I could not find that one anywhere. Uh, I know it's a short film, so maybe that's why, but I tried. Uh, she attended Princeton and New York University, graduating with a bachelor's degree from Princeton University's Woodrow Wilson School of Public and International Affairs, and got an MBA from the New York University Stern School of Business, and an MFA from the New York University Tisch School of the Arts graduate film program. So before this, she was a journalist and she was raised both in Hong Kong and DC, which is interesting. And she's the very first Asian American woman to direct a superhero film, which is very cool. So hopefully we keep up with all that kind of fun diversity. Uh, she worked as a reporter for the Wall Street Journal. And this was a fun fact, I guess, on IMDb. Her dog, Bailey, is part Sharpay Rescue and has been featured on The Doggist a few times. So <laughs> That's exciting. Very exciting for Bailey, the part Sharpay dog. And then I briefly looked up, and like literally one sentence, uh, Christina Hodson is a writer and producer on this, and she's also known for Bumblebee in 2018 and Unforgivable in 2017. So that was... This film came out in 2020, like literally before the shutdown, like if a month, I think, before the shutdown. Uh, and it was technically considered a box office flop because of that, which is kind of a, a big bummer. So we I am going to have some things to say about that <laughs> when we get into it. Good. But yes, technically, technically, this is a box office fail. Right, this right. This is a financial failure. I'm doing air quotes. Exactly. I don't know. Like, it's not like we're. It's not like there's a video it's recording a of this. <laughs> Just know that that's the tone that I was conveying. Yes. Yes. I mean, I wrote that like I think literally in this like paragraph about my fe my feelings. This, but a couple. Of, so like after a few weeks after into the shutdown, um, the Invisible Man was put onto like video on demand. Mm -hmm. So Kathy Ann was like, hey, can you put Birds of Prey on video on demand? Because, like, that would be really good for us. So it eventually did get there, I remember, because I actually bought it on demand. I don't ever do that. Like, buy virtual copies of things because I like a physical copy of mm -hmm. things. 
So um, I did buy that because like oh, they need the money and I'm going to give them the money. Um, but according to one article, and I didn't write it down here because I forgot to cite my sources, uh, <laughs> this was the worst performing DC movie uh, financially, which is interesting because I personally think it's the best thing that DC's done, uh, like Wonder Woman aside. Uh, those two are, I think, the most at least interesting films. I don't really care for a lot of the other DC films that have been released. Uh, but my theory here was that Neckbeard Trolls uh, ruined this because um, it's legit my favorite female-focused superhero film. And the critics scored as a 79%, and the audience is actually like really close at a 78%. But I think that's too low. <laughs> I so here's my thing because I was looking this up today. Mm -hmm. um, here are some numbers that I got off Ooh. of the internet. <laughs> uh, so this movie was budgeted for eighty-two million to a hundred million dollars, okay. uh, and a break-even number at that point. So break-even includes both production and all of like the marketing dollars mm -hmm. and stuff would have been two hundred and fifty million worldwide. Got it. So. First weekend was February 7th of 2020, Ugh. so, like, <laughs> not even a month before the yeah. shutdown, uh, but definitely at the point where maybe not nationally we were shut down, but certainly locally, a lot of places sure. were, like, getting really getting real antsy. nervous <laughs> and antsy. So opening weekend, it pulled in $33 million. Um, it was expected to pull in 45 million so technically uh, yeah that yeah. was not that was disappointing sure but but okay so remember i said break-even number was 250 million mm -hmm. this movie did earn globally in a theatrical run right before a pandemic shut down the entire planet it earned 201.8 million dollars oh, okay so, so yeah it technically 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 a financial disappointment right technically a failure but like it in terms of the money that it made mm -hmm. like it still made back more than twice its budget yeah and was just a solid film so like <laughs> absolutely I, I have a lot of issues with people saying this was a failure like you're not looking at the time you're yeah. not you're not the fact that Rotten Tomatoes has a 79% score for both yeah. critics and audience, or just about 79 for both critics and audiences. It's like, ugh, you guys. Yeah, I have a problem because it's like, I would consider the original Suicide Squad like a failure of a movie, but like it made a ton of money at the box office. And just because you make a lot of money at the box office doesn't mean you have a doesn't good movie. Doesn't mean that it's good. <laughs> That doesn't mean that it's good. Not at all. Ugh. But yeah, so that's, that's I think, a big bummer about this. And, like, the last that I, like, when I was reading around, nothing's been confirmed. But there was supposed to be a sequel. But now that's sort of, like, up in the air at the moment. So Because of its financial yeah. failure status. And that's so disappointing. Because, like, you're... I... 100% agree with you of all of the DC movies this one is definitely like the one that resonates the most yes. with me and the one that I would follow the most like I I enjoyed Wonder Woman yeah the follow-up to Wonder Woman was a little was, yeah. lacking mm -hmm. like the first Wonder Woman I was like a plus great the second Wonder Woman I was like 
yeah. where are we going with this? And the th- <laughs> third Wonder Woman is yes to materialize. Uh, but Birds of Prey was definitely a very different yes. movie. Like, a lot of the the articles that I read today, a lot of them compared it to, like, Deadpool in terms of that yes. voiceover, fourth wall breaking style. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, this movie has been in the works since 2016. Yes, Like, yes. before Suicide even came out, Margot Robbie was like, yes. hey, I want to make a Harley Quinn movie. And the studios or powers that be were just like, cool, here's a person you can get in, like... Here's a person who could be friends with you to make this movie. Uh, And they introduced her to Christina Hodson. And they had been writing this movie since 2016. Like the two of them together. Um, And then they pulled in Kathy Yan uh, to direct. And I think that was based on... Because I I watched Dead Pigs. And Mm -hmm. based on that movie, I was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Like this is the director that you want to do this movie. It's very interesting because I was going to bring up that point that she had actually, even before Deadpool came out, had said, hey, I yes. want to make a like solo superhero film that's mm-hmm. like a little fourth wall breaking. And they said, that will absolutely never work like right now. Like, that's <laughs> never going to work. And then, like, obviously Deadpool came out and was like a huge success. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it definitely works for, I think, like, it's hard to do like solo superhero films that aren't like origin stories. Uh, but these, mm-hmm. t- like Deadpool and Harley Quinn, it works because they are just so strange and bizarre and, like, get into, yeah. like, weird predicaments that it's like, oh, okay, I don't need to know, like, everything about your origin to, like, get where this is going. And right. that's fine. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, the first Deadpool movie was a, I guess an origin yes, story. Yeah. I think that we, as an audience, are as as much as some of us might hate to admit it myself included i think we're bored with origin stories Mm, because it's like mm -hmm. i know how this is gonna go yes you're gonna be like a washed up loser (laughs) of some kind you're going to have this amazing moment of kismet suddenly gain some kind of power and then you're gonna be like you're going to have to face a bad guy. You're going to think you're not strong enough. And then you're going to find the strength within yourself to overcome it and accept your destiny as the next superhero. Like, we know that's right. the, we know that's what's going to happen. Like, none of us are surprised by those stories <laughs> right, anymore. Right. There's not a whole lot new stuff to explore in that. I think what a lot of movies are starting to do now and I think it helps that we have these big mashup movies so like the new Spider-Man movie Spider-Man movies uh, they they didn't start with an origin story they started with a character who had been established and we've had two Spider-Man origin stories already so we didn't need an origin story T'Challa from Mm -hmm. Black Panther same kind of thing like we get a little more backstory and a little more Originy sort <laughs> right, right, of right. with Black Panther, just because like we don't n- we're not as familiar with his story. Mm-hmm. Even that, not really an origin story. Right. And yeah. then yeah, the Harley Quinn movie is not an origin story. We see the origin of a lot of characters, yeah. but we are plopped down in the middle of an action, like in the middle of the action. Yes. And 
I just think that's the that was the way to go with this character. That was a smart move on everyone's point yes. part. And I think like it's nice because it doesn't assume like the, her origin is technically like the '90s Batman uh, animated show. And the nice thing is like it takes parts of like that origin and her Suicide Squad debut, but it definitely which it's something that they were missing in Suicide Squad to me, which. I like was upset by is like she's a smart person like she has my favorite line Mm -hmm. in this movie is I have a PhD motherfucker um and I think about it all the time don't call me dumb (laughs) I have a PhD motherfucker I think about it all the time I literally just found that text (laughs) (laughs) I just say it randomly all the time I was going through my notes and I was scrolling back to see like what I had texted you on (laughs) Suicide Squad and that was the line that I just right across <laughs> it's just like the greatest line i love that line and it's and it's so important to show like she isn't just some like dumb ditzy sidekick like she is incredibly intelligent and that was that was one of two moments that really stood out to me because she has that line and then she has another line where they're all in the funhouse together and mm-hmm. one of the the characters is like i something along the lines of like why does this person do that or why do I do that and she mm-hmm. just bumps in with psychologically speaking and then she like runs through a diagnosis on it yes. and it's just like oh yeah that's right you have a you're you're a clinical psychologist like you had yes. a job before this that you decided to abandon and uh, whomst among us has not decided to blow up their life at at some point at some point in their oh, life yeah. it's just that Harley Quinn actually did it yeah, like literally, not metaphorically. Literally, was like, nah, I'm done with uh, with this shit. Uh, which, so here's something particularly brand new. <laughs> which brings me to my my major point with this movie, which was how hashtag relatable is this this entire <laughs> film? How how relatable was it? Because it just it, spoke deeply to me. It is, and I have actually like this is like one of the only like i would say like superhero movies that i like continually like like rewatching all the time because it is just there's so much that i enjoy and i like in it it's it's fun there are so many like every time i think about her like ordering that breakfast sandwich oh and my like God. the way that that scene is filmed i'm like yeah a woman totally had her hands in this because like we look, we just look at things differently, and like I hate to yes. say that, like, but it's true. It's the same sort of. I, I, it is so female gazy, which is yes. so yes. different from male gazy. Like my first, yeah. my first note on this movie is about the costuming in this film, which is like yes. incredible. Like I, I have never. There are very few female characters that I would want to dress up as just because, mm-hmm. like, just the practicalities of those right. uniforms <laughs> and just, like, are those yeah. even comfortable? Like, how do you move around in those? Like, you have to have some incredible undergarments on because there's, like, no visible panty lines or anything. Like, everything about yeah. this is so tailored and perfected and, like, designed to be sexy in a way that I'm, like, that I wouldn't. I personally don't know that I would feel sexy dressing like this. Yes. And so my first note on this movie is, this is how women dress when they want to feel sexy, which is very different from how women dress when a man wants them to look sexy. The, like, absolute difference of, like, not being, like, the... 
they're like quote unquote skimpy ish, like yeah. skimpy adjacent outfits. But like it is not noticed. Like that's not the first thing I notice when I look at them. I'm like, wow, they're so like, especially Harley Quinn's like style is yes. just very like. It's obvious either she has someone who makes her clothing or she does it herself, herself because it all says like Harley Quinn in randomly in yeah, like yeah, places, yeah, yeah. which I love, and it's like. <laughs> It's just crazy and bizarre and like all over the place and very colorful and it's not yes. the like tiny little booty short thing I... she was like walking well, around I in think, before. So I think they might be tiny little booty shorts, but Rebecca, there are no tits or ass shots yes, in this film. Not at all. That's the difference. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to wear short shorts because there's an ease of movement and also it's hot as balls yes. out here and I want to feel <laughs> comfortable. That doesn't mean I want you looking at my ass. It doesn't, that's like, that's not what I want. There's also like her shorts look comfortable and like they fit and not like they're like causing massive wedgies all the damn time. (laughs) Like her outfit in Suicide Squad, I was like, how is any of that comfortable? Because it just looks like you can't really move around without feeling like like something is being squeezed in an uncomfortable kind of way you can definitely see like ass cheeks when she like bends over and grabs something oh yeah one of the shots and like you never see that in birds of prey which like yeah because like that's the birds it's birds of play was obviously made with like a female audience in mind Mm -hmm. which is why i do think because not to stereotype but a lot of the dc fandom is a lot of angry men uh, that this is what I've come into contact like with. They're certainly the loudest. And for yes, a group yes. of people that probably complain about how much women <laughs> complain, like I feel like <laughs> they complain more than anyone. So it's like, now hang yes. on a minute. Yeah, hold on here. Yeah, I think th- the outfits is definitely something that I, like in general, all the outfits for like the women are like... Um, now I'm totally blanking on the cop's name. Um, uh, Rosie Perez is. Yes. Um, oh God. <laughs> I knew this fandom at one time, and then Marvel <laughs> took over my brain. She's Renee Montoya. Yes, Montoya has like very like practical like lady cop outfits, but yes. then they put her in my favorite shirt. Like I shaved my balls for this shirt, and I'm just like. <laughs> I love it because it's so, like, anti her person, which is obviously, like, what it's meant to be. Right. But it is just so fun to watch, like, the most serious character in this movie, like, look like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even in, like, the um, the scene, which oh my God, I rewatched the scene where Harley Quinn just, like, takes out all the cops, the glitter gun, all the time. <laughs> because I just think that scene is so fun. That is one of but my she's wearing. Yes, she's wearing this, like, ridiculous outfit at the beginning mm-hmm. that's, like, very reserved, but very, like, 19, like, 50s housewifey kind yeah, of thing. She's, like, it's really fun. A weird femme fatale, almost. Yeah. And then there's just, like, so many different fun outfits that happen, like, for her. And then when she has that, like, fantasy, when she's getting slapped around by, um, Black Mask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like the the pink the fun pink jumpsuit. It's not a dress. Yes. It's like a jumpsuit because it's practical. It's more practical that mm-hmm. way. Uh, but I think just like there are so many fun pieces of fashion in this film. Yes, and it it does it feels practical. Um, the huntress's outfit feels incredibly practical. Mm-hmm. Um, also. Um, Journey Smollett, whose name besides Black, Black Canary, Canary I'm blanking on. Uh, she's uh, Dinah Lance. 
Yes. Her outfits are always, like, really a fun plus. looking. I think, so one of my favorite things about this movie, which you touched on, is just how bright and poppy and colorful yes. it is. Especially in comparison to the grim, dark stylization of all yeah. of the Zack Snyder stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he started that trend of making stuff, like, super desaturated and dark yeah. and just, like... I'm, it kind of works for Batman just because Batman's always sure. been kind of dark and like yeah. grim and Gotham City is supposed to be like a real nightmare town and just yeah, like that works. That's gritty fine. and the the idea that we have to make this serious because people don't take comic books seriously and we have to make it really dark <laughs> and like yes stylistic, which Christopher Nolan did better, but whatever Zack Snyder. Um, but this movie takes a completely different track and it's like, no, yes. we are inside Harley Quinn's brain. That's literally yes. where they're putting us. And so yes. she's going to be shooting glitter cannons and she's going to be wearing a bunch of neon pink and everything <laughs> is going to be like over the top and just like wild and crazy and a lot of fun because she wouldn't be here if she wasn't having a nice time essentially so i just love the aesthetic that they have that they set up in this movie especially in comparison with all of the other movies that came before it and it's like the suicide squad should be super colorful in my opinion like that should be like way more colorful there's a lot more like colorful type characters as in like they are strange and bizarre yes but they don't they i wrote down here like it feels like hot topic made (laughs) like hot topic could make a movie they made the suicide squad like yes and that's nothing against hot topic i enjoy hot topic but like that's very much like the vibe that i got from that movie i enjoy hot topic (laughs) a lot more now like as a teenager i definitely felt like i was not cool enough to shop at the hot topic (laughs) and now i go into the hot topic and i laugh at everything because i'm like look at what dumb stuff teens are into these days yeah look at how dumb this is (laughs) excellent job excellent job gen z great job i love it you keep (laughs) at it guys it's so cutesy now. It's so right? interesting. I did go into a hot topic like recently, and I remember even like growing up by me, I used to be kind of scared to go into hot topic because right? it had like the cool doors with like the spiders yeah. like in it and stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But then I remember going in for like the first time, and I was like, oh, they got like Disney stuff in here, and it's like not that bad. <laughs> so it's, I think it's cool. And then when our Disney store shut down, this is how I could get yeah. Disney stuff. So <laughs> I, I was like, I'm, oh, not so bad. I'm pretty sure I liked all of their T-shirts because I was like, oh, hey, yes. that one's. I'm into that fandom, and also yes. solid design choice. Great job, guys. So yeah, it was just like nothing, nothing against Hot Topic. It just felt like a bunch of random Hot Topic T-shirts, like slogans, were put into some sort of AI, and that spit out this I, this movie. There is a YouTube video on YouTube obviously because i just said it was a youtube video uh but it's some guy who breaks down what went wrong with suicide squad and is he like drinking heavily in this because i feel like that i've watched this starts the video by being like i have to get drunk to even think about this movie anymore and he just like shotguns a beer at the top of it Mm -hmm. and he breaks it down for us and I, I, I think we should talk about the nightmare that was Suicide Squad. And if that movie is considered a success by mm-hmm. Warner Brothers and Harley Quinn, yeah. which 
was not a nightmare to produce no. was considered a flop then you have a real like you need to readjust some parameters yes. especially yes, given that there was a night there was a, a covid-19 pandemic like yes in the process of this movie <laughs> premiering so i used to teach a class called the good the bad and the ugly films it was a summer class summer school class mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. And I taught the Suicide Squad film as our ugly film because it's so bad. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's a lot of problems, like so many problems with this movie that I could probably spend like three hours talking about. But like the main thing that's like clearly evident is like a trailer house edited this mm-hmm. movie. And I think that makes like that makes everything make sense because it feels like 20 different trailers were slapped together to make this movie because nothing happens then everything happens this movie starts and in like 12 minutes of film they go through eight different music cuts and they're not like subtle they're loud showcased (laughs) music cuts and it's just like boom 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 and then they do another eight music cuts because they're gonna reintroduce Mm -hmm. all of the characters that you've already met learned and they're gonna give them all new music cues and it's like Mm -hmm. mm, yeah yeah and then like the representation of anybody yeah. in this movie is so poor the like so terrible. i was i looked and i was like does this pass the bechdel test obviously not no. uh women barely interact with each other mm. uh together um the only ones that do are harley quinn and the enchantress i'm not counting katana because she doesn't speak, speak? english to them and they don't speak japanese to her no. therefore they don't have they they cannot connect so <laughs> So, so, but Rick Flagg doesn't ever speak Japanese nope. to Katana, and Katana never speaks English to Rick nope. Flagg, and they seem to have a rapport. Like, Wait, the, uh, uh, maybe there's some sort of translating them the side we don't see, but like Katana doesn't ever speak to either of them that I noticed. It's a real shame because Amanda Waller in that movie is played by Viola Davis, and it's just a real yeah. freaking powerhouse. powerhouse of a character. Yes. Like that character by herself is very interesting. The fact that she yeah. is played by Viola Davis is also <laughs> like great casting choice. You should definitely yeah. like really utilize that and I feel like that never happened. Like yeah, I, I they, we just don't ever see her full potential ever in no, that movie. No. And there are so many there's so many like cringy lines in this movie that they repeat. The last time I watched this I, I I told myself I never had to watch this movie a second time, and then I watched it a second time for this podcast. Um, the last time I watched it, I was like, it's like this script is on a loop, and they're just yes. repeating the same lines like 20 minutes later from the first time they say this line. It's like yes. nobody... I'm sorry. Nobody... <laughs> paid attention to this like they should have used what's that uh grammarly it tells you you lose the too many of these words (laughs) to find a replacement (laughs) i just feel like 
okay, so the trailer house edited this movie, and they tried to mm-hmm. edit it like a trailer, and that was... Those are very different skills. We've, so different. We've, we've now discovered that those are very... Just how different those skills are by watching this yeah. movie. But also, like, were, were there, like, 12 guys editing single scenes, and then they just mashed them together, and then nobody watched the final cut? They just shipped it out to get distributed like to movie theaters <laughs> that sounds like super right to me um <laughs> the director of this movie is very upset because like the studio got involved and like did whatever they want to do as studios do i mean and he's sure, been like release my cut no. snyder got his cut released the- nothing nothing is going to make this movie like you can't cu- uh, edit things in or out that are going to make this movie better like <laughs> It, it doesn't get better. I So I want to talk about the Enchantress because I think the Enchantress could be such an interesting character. Sure, yeah. And then we've got June Moon, who is just like the most boring, plain Jane person. We know nothing about June Moon, who sounds really cool because she's like, I'm an archaeologist or yeah, whatever. Yeah, she's like but basically no. a female Indiana Jones. And I'm like, now hang on a minute. That's... That's interesting. That's cool. But we don't care because her purpose is for Rick Flagg to fall in love with her yeah. and also have Enchantress June inside Moon, of her. June Moon is in this movie for about five seconds and then she's Enchantress for the rest of it. And like, I, I don't know. I, at one point I was like, hang on, what's the plot of this movie again? Okay, there's no, there isn't a plot. Is the movie like it? Like goes from like, hey, we're assembling the Suicide Squad just in cases, mm-hmm. and then Enchantress is like, Which oh, is... I see you have this statue of my brother randomly. If you were Amanda Waller, wouldn't you know that this statue is her brother? Therefore, would destroy it. I, uh, Amanda Waller seems like the sort of person who has like a lot of her shit together like yes. she just is a very organized person and she had to be to get where she is and she yes. needs to continue to be very organized and well informed in order yes. to stay where she is because she's not a people person and nobody no, God, likes no. her so she no. has to be literally the best person in the room a hundred percent of the time so like yes. what was your uh, what was your end game here Amanda, just curious, just curious. What, what? She's not painted in a good light, and she isn't in the other Suicide Squad either. But she's like slightly more likable there for some reason. She and I can't quite pinpoint it. She doesn't need to be, like, we don't need to want to be friends with Amanda no, Waller. No. I'm okay with putting her in a villain slot. I don't. I just don't know that they, they did that correctly, right? I don't yeah I don't know I that don't they succeeded enough. in that mm-hmm. also I guess the plot is rescuing her I forgot about that like that's technically the plot <laughs> I don't but nobody knows that until they show up at her safe house yeah because they show and up they, and they're just like wait yeah this that's <laughs> what we came here to do yes and I think she like shoots the two other people in the safe house with yes. her to be like no room for anyone else. Bam, bam. And it's yep. like, okay, th- this character could be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And somehow you haven't given us that. Like, you you just no. you just didn't think that through. 
it treated like everybody poorly ex- like it really wanted to be like this is a deadpool not deadpool deadshot and harley quinn movie and they get the most like quote unquote development throughout the movie and the most attention and then i know a bunch of the joker shit was cut because Jared Leto is disgusting. Um. <laughs> I had not heard that. I did hear that Jared, like, I was surprised when I watched it because I'd heard a lot about Jared Leto leading up to the film and just, like, how creepy he was, both yeah. on set and, like, maybe continuing off set. And, like, so I was expecting there to be a lot more of the Joker yeah. in the movie, and then there mm-hmm. wasn't. I was like, wait. Why are, why do we care about this character then? Like, he's not even present in this film at yeah, all. He, yeah, he, like, shows up to save her, which, like, doesn't really seem like a Joker thing to do in general. Like, really. I know he's crazy and, like, stuff, but, like, he doesn't seem, I mean, very... He dumps her in Birds of Prey, as he's done in many other, like, forms of media, but... Yeah, it... It was a very different... (sighs) And I don't know. This is maybe taking it back to, like, DC lore. Because Mm -hmm. you have the Joker from, like... I can't even say that. Because I can't say that I'm (laughs) up to date on the cartoons. But you have... There's a version of the Joker in the cartoons and in some of the iterations of Batman. Mm -hmm. Where you're just like, oh, yeah, this is just, like, a weirdo clown guy who's here to cause mass destruction and then you have like the heath ledger joker and even the jack nicholson joker where you're like this is a psychopath who could (laughs) kill you at any second and i'm not 100 sure how he manages to maintain his like workforce like but I guess they're all just scared to leave because they oh, know absolutely. he'll hunt mm-hmm. them down and like peel <laughs> off the eyelids of their loved ones. Like it's very, it's very like, who is the Joker? Nobody knows. Oh yeah. And then you have uh, this Joker who's like in a committed relationship, and it's like, but I don't believe that, and I don't know, I don't know if the movie wants me to believe that that's the case. Well, if we're I being mean, honest. He kind of like even after they're sh- he's technically shot down or whatever. He just sort of leaves her there anyway. Right? He doesn't like try and go find her no. <laughs> after they crashed. So, so like, he's like, he... all right. I, it makes more sense that he would break up with her. It just makes oh, more yeah. sense that he's the sort to like show up, take what he wants from her, and then like drop her the second he doesn't need her anymore yes yes that's very much like and there's actually like the harley quinn show on hbo max which is really good with yeah the animated show and he's very similar to that in the sense that like he uses harley when he needs her right and it doesn't really matter to him when you know she's not helpful or necessary and she doesn't he doesn't need her right so that's the joker that i'm more familiar with so this one just felt a little a little off. Um, this mob boss Joker who I hate um, so much. I, I hate that club scene. They act like they are. It's like a middle school couple wrote for them. Like yes. this is like, <laughs> interesting. 
<laughs> and I don't like they made such a big deal about his new look. And whereas it yeah. works it works on Harley Quinn, on the Joker, I'm just like it's weird. It's Ew. weird. It's like gro- like it's like a gross like I don't even want to be around like I would like even if you weren't the Joker, I would be like, Ugh, like yeah. stay away from me. It's a gross <laughs> It's just a gross. It's just yeah. it's un it's unappealing and I don't care for it. Yeah, I don't I don't like much about this movie at all. No. And everything like I dislike about the movie, like it's like fixed in Birds of Prey where it's like yes. there are men in this movie and yes. oh my god is Black Mask awful. Oh my god, he's yes. hilarious. Yes. There are so many stupid lines like when he is showing <laughs> black canary around and his like he's like this is a shrunken head and now it's in my apartment ew like it's just like he is so <laughs> that is a perfect a, a perfect oh my gosh that is a perfect example of a character that you hate but you love to watch like yes he is so cringy and so mm-hmm. like I want to say evil, but it's in these, like, tiny, grounded, like, microaggression-y kind of ways that you're yeah. just like, A, I feel like I know this character, and B, he's terrifying, but C, he, I, I don't know if it's just because Ewan McGregor is, like, mm-hmm. crushing it in that role, but I cannot Absolutely. take my eyes off of this character. I'm so excited to watch what he's going to do next, and I'm also so excited to see someone like just beat the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. He is like electric little shit. Like you you like can't wait for him to die, but he's just like so he is so interesting to watch. Like his yes. motivations are like I mean, pure greed and, like, pettiness. Like, yes. that is his motivate. Like, the the guy at the beginning who he, like, skins his, his whole family. He's like, oh, you just didn't want to, like, you know, merge with me or whatever. Or, like, do business with me. Right? Like, fine. Uh, this is what we're doing. And then the best is like, oh, no, I'm going to let the daughter go. It's totally fine. Yeah. And then she does something gross. And he's like, never mind. I changed my mind. You can skin her. <laughs> he is like the perfect metaphor for like just generic rich white guy. Like <laughs> he's just he's you can tell he is a spoiled brat that he is used to yes. getting his way and that if something doesn't go exactly the way that he wants it, he's going to throw a temper tantrum like a small baby child. Like, it is just such a... Like, everything about this movie is relatable, including that guy. Like, I think everybody is like, oh, yeah, I know a version of this guy in my real life. He's not out there in charge of a mob and, like, murdering people, but he is, like, in my immediate personal circle and I wish I didn't have to deal with him. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think, like, he's a lot of people... Like, he, I think, is a a point of contention with a lot of male viewers in particular because, one, he wasn't, like, given justice to whatever character this was. I don't know who the fuck Black Mask is. (laughs) I'm I'm not familiar with the DC comics, 
So I was like, okay, cool. He's just something different. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't need to have superpowers to be a super dick. Like, cool. Is, is he supposed like, to have superpowers? Is I that... don't think so. I don't I just, think like, so either. He wasn't altered. So there's the other thing. He, like, he wasn't altered in any way. Like, mm-hmm. the Joker, he just is a dick. Like, yeah. that's just who he is. I know that when I was looking at uh, an interview with Christina Hodson, they mm. talked a lot about how they really wanted to ground this movie because we have so many over-the-top superhero movies and that's not a slight against them i love right i love the avengers and uh a lot of the things that marvel does i i have always found like dc comics always felt like it was supposed to be more realistic like Mm-hmm. I got into DC Comics as a fan of like Batman and more specifically as a fan of Robin and the Teen Titans. And the Teen sure. Titans have some like super powered villains, but like mostly their villains are just average people who happen right. to have like a piece of technology or like mm-hmm. a skill set or something that they can cause a lot of chaos and a lot of damage. Sure. Like they're not Thanos. They're right. not Ultron. They're not Kang the Conqueror. They're not aliens mm-hmm. coming from out of space. They are street criminals who gained right. a lot of power and now they can do a lot uh like they can F your shit up and <laughs> like the Joker. The Joker doesn't have superpowers. He's no. just a crazy psychopath. Uh, the penguin has maybe a physical deformity. It's n- I'm not really clear on that one. Yeah. But he's like just a crime boss. Like mm-hmm. the guy who killed Batman's parents is, I feel like, changed every time. But he's, yeah. he's just a criminal. Like Batman is here to fight crime. He's yes. not necessarily here to fight aliens or <laughs> beings from another dimension. And right. I have no problem with that. Now, yeah. again, not a not a big DC fan. I don't read a lot of Batman comics. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like his MO. Like, because obviously he teams yeah. up with Superman a lot. They're both in the Justice League. And then you have sure. Superman, you have Aquaman, and you have a whole bunch of other characters that mm-hmm. are like, one of them is definitely an alien. Um, <laughs> the multiples are an alien, actually, because Superman's not from this planet. That's true. Um, that's true. Wonder Woman is literally the daughter of a god like yeah (laughs) they there is a lot of super powered over the top stuff in dc Mm -hmm. but my general vibe from being into batman was that it was fist fights with the normal people like there was nothing super powered about batman there was nothing super powered about like his team like none of the bat kids or batgirl or batwoman have superpowers they're just regular people who fight crime very literally and so the idea that birds of prey like took stuff down a notch and we're just yeah. fighting crime like just fighting criminals and like <laughs> being on a on a very human level with this whole plot i'm just mm-hmm. like yeah that's something i can that's something i can connect to i think it's the same thing they do in the first iron man like tony has a suit but he's not fighting super villains he's just fighting like it's just corporate warfare (laughs) he's fighting a ceo from his own company like and that you 
you ground it in something that people can relate to and then yeah. they will write off the like roller skates in a fun park fun house like I, but the, it works it's a it formula works. that works it works and they point that out i mean like they point out the absurdity in the movie right when black canary is like when the fuck did she have time to do a shoe change like <laughs> <laughs> what um, but I like that they, I mean, like, they set up that, like, Harley Quinn does, um, uh, why am I blanking on roller derby? Yes. She does roller derby. So you're like, oh my okay, God, well, I love that. Probably, I lo- it's the perfect, like, that makes total sense that right? she's on a roller derby team. Like, it's, what a great way to, like, she's a very athletic person, Harley mm-hmm. Quinn in generals, and has a lot of anger. So this is perfect <laughs> for her. Uh, but I think it's great that they set that up. So then like she can use that skill set later to try and like catch up with um, Ronin. Roman? Ronin? Rome, I think it's Roman Ro- Sionis. Roman. Si- Roman. Sionis? Oh, God. Th- yeah. <laughs> Sionis uh, sounds right. The, uh, the neckbeards <laughs> don't listen to this podcast, no. I'm assuming. No. So if I get the I, name I, wrong. I not. Yeah, nobody's I think gonna... it's Sionis. I think. Yeah. I think. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I when she goes to catch up with him using roller skates later, I'm like, oh okay, like that, that's something mm-hmm. that comes back. Same with yeah. like the sandwich comes back. She finally oh, gets to God. eat the sandwich at the end, and I'm like, that is payoff to me. <laughs> Can I just talk I about every time I watch that sandwich scene? And I've definitely <laughs> looked it up on YouTube and watched it a lot. Like, I. I get it. I I am into that sandwich. And every time I'm like, I have to go out right now, go find those exact rolls, go buy some bacon (laughs) and some eggs because I probably don't have any and make this sandwich like that. Oh, that sandwich is an experience. And I love it every time. And it is so funny to me, like, not like literally losing that sandwich is the thing that puts her over the edge. And she's like, all right, this is this is it. I got to start. That is a tragedy that I feel deep in my soul every time that sandwich falls on the ground. I'm like, I, I my heart breaks a little every time that happens. It is just it's so it is so good. And then like. We talked about this in the last episode, but like the hair tie thing, like every time I think about that all the time, and it's just like that is like the one small thing that, like, you know, yes, what? she would need a hair tie. And then they like pull up her like old Harley Quinn, like, um, original yes. animation costume, but it turns out to be like a bulletproof vest, yeah, which is so smart. Like, I'm like, oh, what a good, like, it's practical. And she's like, you gotta keep the girls something or other, is what she says. I don't remember exactly, yeah, 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 but like, I love. I love that hair tie line because I I because number one I think that all the time but number two Christina Hodson has said that that's from her sister because like oh. she and her sister would talk about how these women would be like fighting people and they'd always have yes. this beautiful like coiffed hair and they'd be like mm-hmm. I can't I can't eat a sandwich without tying my hair back right. how are these women doing this <laughs> and I was like yes that's what I think. They're, yeah. they're saying what I've always been thinking. That's right. They get me. Uh, that whole funhouse scene in general is just 
so f- like it's a fun set piece apparently that was supposed to be in a hotel originally like the original oh, script was like this is set in a hotel and i don't know at what point they were like no we're changing this to a fun house but i was like yeah it's so wild that it wasn't always set in a fun house like why like it fits yeah. so good like why yes. wouldn't you have set it in a fun house absolutely and it goes along with like like she's clearly a part of like on a side of Gotham that like nobody touches is like even worse side of the tracks I guess right very run down um, but also like full of life this has the most like people mm-hmm. and like extras and just mm-hmm. like in general it's like oh I feel like and so I looked it up because I was like where is this because there's no way it's New York right um, and it wasn't it was California so I was like <laughs> oh, I can go to Fake Sal's um, it's now a closed down burger restaurant but. <laughs> That's rough. I feel like their burgers would be good there, but that's that's rough. Yeah. Just based on well, that flat top cooktop. Right. Like I was just like their burgers are probably good just based on this stove. I mean Absolutely. I'm it sh- looks great to me. Right? <laughs> uh but it was filmed near I wanna say I can't remember exactly, but some of it was filmed near Skid Row out here, which is like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh because that's kind of the vibe that I was getting from this movie, which is like a little bit of a rundown. It's not necessarily dangerous area, but it's just like, yeah, you're kind of like, there's a lot going on around yeah. here kind sure. of area. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also wanted to point out that Margot Robbie did a good amount of her, the stunts in this yes. movie uh, herself because I can't remember if I cut this out of the last episode or not because I don't remember what I edited, to be completely honest. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, her brother is a stunt man. Really? Yeah, so she, I think, like, grew up around that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. so she does a good amount, and specifically the one I saw, like, just recently someone was talking, I I think I follow her production company on uh, Instagram, so I I saw something about it. Uh, Specifically the fight in the the evidence like cage area like i was oh, watching with her the, do that yeah, stuff. yeah 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 oh it was fascinating <laughs> they so kathy Yan talked about that she talked about how the the fight scene at the end in the fun house the way that they shot it it was gonna be very difficult to swap in the stunt um people yeah. for that fight scene so most of that fight is the actual actresses. Amazing. Right? And she talks about how it was really cool watching them, because, like, they they hired a company they hired a company to essentially be the action like, the people Mm. in charge of all of the action. Mm -hmm. And they put the actresses through a, like, crazy training regimen to get them ready for it. So they talked about how it was cool seeing everybody, like, really develop those skills. So by the end, when they're doing that scene in the fun house, like, the stunt people are off on the side really being more, like, coaches, essentially, to help them get through it. And it was just really cool. And I have to look up the studio i don't know if they're a studio or what it's a company called 8711 and they are their company is literally action design so cool okay they uh and i'm reading this right off their website uh they provide filmmakers around the globe with industry leading equipment state-of-the-art facilities and personalized Hmm. training to perform innovative stunts that impress audiences everywhere uh so it sounds like they 
are in charge of training actors, and I'm guessing they are probably also in charge of, like, coordinating yeah. the fights and helping to shoot yeah. uh, all okay, of the that action. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that's really cool that that's a job that's out there. Um, and right. uh, <laughs> I would love to know how to get involved. <laughs> I have no skills. It's not That'd a good be fun, fit though. for me. We could shadow them for a day just to see what I would like. love that. I would love that. I love that because it feels like even more authentic to just like this movie in general, which like feels like it's just supposed to be like well, this is just them in a day or so, a week. I, I just feel like this movie, even more so than Black Widow, was like, we want to make an action movie with women, but also... Mm-hmm. We want to make an action movie the way that they make action movies for men. Because I yes. feel like a lot of times when you talk about an action, like a male-led action mm-hmm. movie, like they talk about how, you know, the actor got in really good shape and he's doing yeah. all his own stunts and they make a big deal out of it. Yes, I yes, feel like we didn't hear a lot about this when birds of prey came out and i just like it should be out there like they made they made the sort of action movie that i enjoy watching and Mm -hmm. they just subbed out all of the male characters for women and then they were like and also they had a bunch of women behind the camera too so it was just like it was it felt like watching like a more heightened version of the conversations I would have with my female friends, right? right? Like right. it felt, it. I felt seen, Rebecca, and I really <laughs> liked it. <laughs> it is, it is just like so, and it's just fun. Like the yes! way that the story is told is very fun. Like the colors are like, as we've talked about, are fun. The soundtrack is so good i love that soundtrack i bought it like before i even saw the movie because um (laughs) uh, i heard one song on it i was like i'm just gonna buy this whole album why not that sounds right that sounds right most of the music there's like i mean a couple here and there that aren't but like all of it are female artists which is like really cool um i think um promising young woman did the same thing with their album they did sort of same thing it was like all predominantly female artists okay uh, which i think is super cool i think and and the music for birds of prey i mean but like a couple of songs weren't it was mostly written for the movie so i think that that's very fun and i enjoy that and i think that that's a a thing that i'd like to see more with films i know like black panther had that sort of same thing as well sort of into the Mm spider-verse so like i want more of that i want more like sound like film driven soundtracks like that was like i don't mind i love when a a song that i like and i i enjoy is in a movie but it's even better when it's just like this is meant for this movie and i i like that (laughs) a lot (laughs) in general i think that the fight scenes and the action in this movie are like incredibly well done and like even like you don't need slow-mo in every single movie. No. But the slow-mo when she's fighting in the jail, like, when yes. the sprinklers are off, which so... It just felt, like, cinematically beautiful. And mm-hmm. Marco Robbie is, like, a very talented um, person. Yeah. She just, like, looks athletic and talented. And I yes. think Carly Quinn is supposed to be a gymnast. 
if I remember well, correctly. Sounds right. Like, so, like, <laughs> I knew her origin story as a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Yeah. Psychiatrist? I one think of so. the one that's clinical. Um, yes. I feel like her outfit from the cartoon, like she literally is a Harlequin gesture. Yeah. Je- yeah. Jester. Oh gosh, I'm slurring again. <laughs> um, but like that just makes me assume that she's a good tumbler. Like yeah. she does tumbling like like clowns do. I, I don't know. I don't. I I feel like they're they're subconsciously trying to make those connections, but I don't know that yeah. that's actually a a part of her backstory at all. Right, right. I think maybe now, like sure, yeah, things, probably things, uh, all sorts of media influence whatever new comics and whatever are coming out. So mm-hmm. maybe now she's a gymnast, but I I really like that she's like incredible like you can tell she's incredibly athletic like mm-hmm. that's not something that I'm like oh I couldn't I wouldn't be able to believe she could do this like no, right. no she definitely like, can do, do this she and it's impressive math. every time apparently yes. um apparently specifically the actress who plays Cass Kane like would be in the middle of a scene with her and just be like oh my god Marco <laughs> Robbie is so good at this. Marco Robbie is just so good at a lot of things. Well, and she's like, a producer on the movie, too, which mm-hmm. I did not know uh, until yeah. I started doing research. And she would, like, be... She would, like, walk off of, like, the camera stage and go talk to Kathy Yan or somebody about a producer thing and then, like, <laughs> essentially flip a switch, walk back in front of the camera and just be Harley Quinn. Like, I think Marco Robbie is very attached to this character and yes. I kind of love that. And I and I think that that's like clear and like how much she's like willing to portray like it's I'm not going to speak for Marco Robbie because I don't understand. I don't know what her thoughts are, but I can guarantee the Suicide Squad is not what she wanted Harley Quinn's first like you well, know debut to be. And I uh, wonder I wonder what was in the original script. Mm-hmm, like I mm-hmm. wonder what that first iteration of the movie was that she signed on for. I wonder, like, how much changed? Like, was it a little bit at a time and suddenly we had this character? Was it it something? I I don't know. I think there was a version of Suicide Squad that was not too far off from the version that we got that would have been fine. I think... There were a lot of people who stepped in to try and (laughs) quote-unquote fix it it, that, like, just just made a whole big mess of things. But I, I, I... I don't know. I she she did a lot of research on the character prior mm-hmm. to filming when she and Christina Hudson the the writer teamed up to write this movie back in 2016. Mm-hmm. They went to the DC Comics library and like pulled a bunch of stuff and did a lot of research yeah. together. So like I think she just really fell in love with this character and was like, "No, I know we can." Yeah. I know we can make something with this that's awesome. Um, and then they they did they did it yeah they eventually. did that thing they yeah and it's very clear like this is a version of Harley Quinn that everybody was enjoying uh, yeah 
yeah. who was involved at least uh, <laughs> in creating this, and I guess a lot of the viewers too. Like I'm the. A lot of people who I've told to watch this movie are like, oh, yeah, no, I like this. Like, This is like an enjoyable, fun like movie. I'm like, yeah, it's a fun time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's so important because, again, like, I feel like a lot of the DC and. <sighs> so I feel like there are two things going on. I feel like DC, because it has Batman because Batman mm-hmm. is such a seminal tentpole of the DC Comics universe. I feel like just generally, like there's just a a grimmer, more serious tone to yeah. Batman. Or and and DC just generally. Like they yes. are they are not fun like Spider-Man who runs around in a red and blue unitard dressed right. like a spider, right? They're serious, serious <laughs> folk doing serious <laughs> business. Um, and I feel like there was, starting with, starting with the first Batman movie, like, I feel like there's still this sort of backlash happening with a lot of the guys who go into the DC Comics or yeah. the DC Cinematic Universe, um, <laughs> that they're trying to remind everyone that comics movies are not the Adam West Batman with the bips yeah. and the bops and the, like, yes. Batusi. Um, <laughs> I, I, so we end up with these movies that are super, like, super serious. Because they're like, yeah. no, these are serious problems. <laughs> And we're serious guys. And just because we like comics doesn't mean that we're, you know, goofy children. We're serious adults. And Birds of Prey did not worry about that at all. They were just like, no, we're going to have a fun time. We're going to have a girl gang. And they're going to beat the shit out of a bunch of people. And it's just going to be a great day. And we're going to smash the patriarchy. Like, that's our... That's our goal, but also goal. we want to have a fun time while we're doing it because otherwise what's the point, right? Like, I feel like the fun thing is what sets Marvel apart from the DC mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. movies. I feel that's why Marvel has been more successful because they're like, guys, yeah. guys, some of these things are pretty ridiculous. Absolutely. Like- but... We enjoy them, so we're going to try to make sure you enjoy them, too. Like, we know what right. our source material is. We're not yes. We're not dumb. But no. we really like it, and we hope you really like it, too. So let's all have a nice time. Yes. And I think, like, the other thing that I like about this is that this feels like it could fit in with, like... And I like the Tim Burton Batman. Those are my favorite iteration okay. of yeah, yeah, Batman. Yeah. Because they, while being, like, really gritty and dark, are also, like, yeah. very colorful in their own way. Um, yeah. So, like, I feel like she could fit in. Like, if you change set design a little bit, she could definitely fit in with I the could Tim see, I could see Michelle Pfeiffer showing up as Selena Kyle and yes. her and Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn having a fun time together. Oh, yeah. Like, they like, go they can... on... They go on a crime spree and they steal yes. a bunch of diamonds and they just yes. wear them around because that's what they wanted to do on oh, a yeah. Tuesday. Absolutely. They, girls' I think they're night. Really, it's just, that's just a fun girls' night. And I do like that, like, Harley Quinn sort of, like, toes the line of, like, am I a good guy? Or yeah. Am I a bad guy? Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of chaotic. Well, and I have a moral compass, though. Like, Yeah. Well, and I think... 
I think Selena Kyle does that too. Absolutely, it's like, yeah. She's like, she has a job. Her job mm-hmm. just happens to be illegal. But <laughs> she's not like out to kill people. Yeah. She just maybe has a kleptomania problem and also really likes shiny things. And yeah. so she just, she steals stuff for fun. I don't know. Like, they're, they're bad guys, but they're not bad guys. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think like that's what's that's what's fun about watching Harley Quinn because it's not like it's not like a moral compass like always yeah. points like a good way. Like you get to have fun with her having a good time and like we like watching people be bad. Like there's something fun about that's why everybody loves it's villains. True. It's like we true. love to <laughs> we love to see like chaos, but we also like to see, see like a balance. Yeah. We're like okay, well this person is is like bad, bad. Like Roman is bad, bad. Yeah. Like Roman needs to die, and and so does his henchman Zaz, Mister Zaz. Maybe. What gay? is Mister? What is What's his deal? Like, is he into Roman Sayon? Like is he into him? Is I that what's say- happening? Now, this could be, like, a dream that I made up or something, but it seems like something Ewan McGregor would say. He was like, yeah, maybe they could be lovers. Like, who cares? Like, whatever. I could see Roman, I could see Roman being lovers with a lot of people. Absolutely. Just because that's, he, yes. what he, that's what he's into today. And yes. poor Mr. Zaz thought he was special and got, atta- got emotionally attached and yes. just was a real bad idea. He's clearly very jealous of Black Canary when yes. she comes into the picture. And, like, not in, like, a best friend. Like, this is, I don't know, like, not jealousy, but more like, a, like, oh, yeah, we were friends beforehand kind of deal sometimes. But, mm-hmm. like, this feels different than, like, I'm your number one friend and also assassin and also, <laughs> like, whatever. Like, this is something different. And I feel like that's something that, was maybe subtexty, so like we could think that, and like probably wasn't as prominent because you know foreign markets don't like that. So, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> this movie was rated R, and that was yeah. that was one of the things that they listed as possibly a problem, like possibly Makes a sense. reason yeah. why they didn't make the the full two hundred and fifty million. Again, I would just like to point out they made. <laughs> 201 million out of yes. a projected 250 million. Right. Now, it, that was their break even number. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, well, but technically, it lost money, I guess. But also, we went into a pandemic yes. within three weeks of that film opening. So, maybe give it a rest, guys. And also, like, teenagers are going to see the movie, regardless of being old enough, to, if it's rated R. Like, they'll sneak in or whatever. That's well, not technically going to count. Towards, part of like, the problem is that uh, one of the things that I read today said that China won't release movies that are rated R. So that makes sense. That, so that's a, and that's a big market. That potentially hurt them. Um, and also, China was probably shut down before February. Absolutely, yeah. So it just was just it just wasn't a good time to release a movie. It hasn't no. been a good time to release a movie since then. No. Everything is just really hard right now, guys. Yeah, it's, it's just really hard. It's tough. I mean, like it's very it's it's hard to release a movie too that doesn't have like um established property attached mm-hmm. to it. Um, mm-hmm. 
Like, not saying that, like, technically, yes, there's a lot of established properties with Harley yeah. Quinn, but, like, I don't, she's not, I guess it depends on the circles, but she's, like, not as big as, like, Aquaman or Batman, things well, like that. So. and one of the things I read said that the title was Birds of Prey. It wasn't Harley yeah. Quinn. So they, they, they uh, theorized, I guess, that the Birds of Prey title threw a lot of people. But, mm. like, I don't know who in their right mind didn't know that Harley Quinn was attached to that picture because I feel like that was the biggest like that, that was the, was the thing like. they marketed the most was like this is the Harley Quinn movie and in fact right. they added the subtitle which was the emancipation the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn like that's right yeah the, I love that the, she was front and center guys like yeah and it's it was quite, hard like, to miss it's very hard to miss I mean especially in all of the marketing and it was, like, I see it as, like, an entrance into, like, okay, well, this is... The Birds of Prey will then probably become something much bigger in, right. like, later installments, which right. I would love to see, like, a Birds of Prey spent, like, the, the like, in the traditional sense uh, of the, the yeah. particular women, I, like, spinoff well, movie. Especially because uh, in initial iterations of Birds of Prey, Barbara Gordon is in it, but it mm-hmm. is post... Uh, the Halloween storyline for Barbara Gordon. So she's paralyzed, and she is that interesting, uh, right? So she leads the birds of prey from a wheelchair. She essentially becomes mm. like a crazy tech genius hacker. Okay. Um, and her, you're gonna have to give me a minute because she <laughs> has like so she starts out as Barbara Gordon, bad girl. Uh, but then she becomes Oracle, which I remembered before oh. Wikipedia loaded. Uh, she becomes <laughs> Oracle and, like, just is a tech wizard, essentially. And, like, she's their IT guy who, you oh, know, that's... watches and coaches them from the chair. Like, she's their guy in the chair, but she's also in charge of the group. So I just feel oh, like that wow. would be a fun thing. That would be an amazing sequel because not only right? could you, I mean, like you get even like how cool would it to be have someone like who is disabled, right? Come and play someone who is uh, a prominent character, like a yes. main character. Now yeah. I will say, uh, Titans has already introduced that version of Barbara Gordon, Titans oh, on dope. HBO, uh, <laughs> which was pretty dope. But I also feel like they just, <laughs> I enjoy Titans on HBO Max a lot. It is a a burning dumpster fire of a show. (laughs) But it sparks joy. So, like, if that's the sort of thing that you're into, a bunch of dumb babies trying to figure out their lives as they also try to stop mass terrorist (laughs) plots, that show is for you. Ryan Potter is in it, and he's one of my favorite people. He plays Beast Boy, who's also one of my favorite people. Uh, so, uh, definitely, if you're if you're if you're if you're into that sort of thing, I recommend it. Oh, one of the things I wanted to ask you: so those sparkly, the glitter cannon, and the bean bags that she uses in the police precinct. Yes. How much of that was like? So here's the thought that I had. Is this really happening? Like, is she really shooting this precinct full of glitter? Or is this just her brain's interpretation of her shooting up a precinct? Like, 
Okay. I couldn't I couldn't quite get the right vibe at in like the aftermath scenes. Like I was like, so wait, it is glitter though, right? Like she didn't just shoot a bunch of people. No, I do think like I think she knows like all right, I know that I'm not going to be able to take down a police station and get away with this. Like I like as in murder takedown. Uh I think that those are for sure like glitter bombs because it's just it's a ridiculous imagery that is so fun. Uh, and I love it. like it's something that she would do. It's also like very scary to be like looking in the barrel of a gun, but then all of a sudden just like beanbag glitter like comes out <laughs> at you. <laughs> so it's like and that would hurt at close range too. So it's not like it's not going to be painful. Um, but uh, I also do like that she took out some of the cops who were like being dicks to Montoya. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Even though she doesn't, she didn't know that. But I enjoyed seeing them in pain because they're alive at the end. So then we know That's that they're true. not dead. Yeah, they're, so. not dead. they're not dead. You're right. You're right. Then great. I love Harley Quinn, and I love that she decides to cause chaos with just sparkle weapons like that yes i'm like you know what that plus a bat i don't know what it is about blunt objects but like watching a a you know quote-unquote superhero take people down with a bat or a crowbar i'm just like now this is my like not a fan of a handgun but uh but a large heavy blunt object yes you pull out a mallet i'm down let's go (laughs) It's to think like it's also like you got to be close to have some sort of damage with that. So like you have to be up close and personal with somebody in order to inflict, especially heavy damage with a bat. Which like when you think about it, like that the noises, like the cracks and sounds that that would make. Ooh, like <laughs> yeah. Ooh. There's just something like visceral that you feel yeah. with a nice whack with a bat. <laughs> That's just great. Um, I feel like we should talk about. I feel like we should talk about Huntress because we haven't talked about yes, Huntress okay. at all. Yes. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress is love a her. plus. Uh, yes. I love that she is so socially awkward. And I love that they call her the crossbow guy for like three quarters yes. of the movie. <laughs> it is. She is such a fun character because she's just sort of like a mysterious character throughout the entire mm-hmm. movie until the very end. Uh, where you get to, like, you see sprinklings of her, or, yeah, you see sprinklings of her story throughout, uh, but then you finally figure out, like, the full thing at the end where she's, uh, exacting revenge on the mob that killed her family, but one of the goons was like, I can't kill this little girl, so we're gonna train her to be an assassin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, In Italy, so, like, it makes sense that, like, if she was only, like, her only thing was revenge, she's like, she's gonna have absolutely no interpersonal skills. uh, Which is wonderful. I love that they thought that through. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the, when they are getting ready and they're like, why do you use a bow and arrow? She's like, it's not a bow and arrow, it's a crossbow, I'm not 12. Like, it's just, she's so angry and it's wonderful. And she's got the best shot when they slide down that tube to, like, yes. enter into the fun house. The cameraman is sliding. Sliding. And- yeah. With her. And then Mary Elizabeth Winston has to jump up into the, the tunnel thing so the cameraman can then slide underneath her and catch her jumping on top of this guy and just like stabbing him on her way down as she <laughs> rides the dead body out. Uh, and then they're like, You're so awesome. Like at the end, when she like pulls out of that, I'm like, She is so awesome. She I do is love so her. Awesome. 
She's great. I love that at the end they're so like supportive of each other and she's like, I love how <laughs> high you can kick people in those tight pants. Yes. And it Are is we friends. <laughs> I'd like to be friends, but I don't know how to how to make that happen. Yeah, it's and it's funny because it's like, all right, at the very end, we know like they all start teaming up together, which is great. Uh, so like, she has to have some sort of like, she's learned some skill. She knows how to work yeah. as a team yeah. now, I guess. But like, it's funny because we get so so many different like women mm-hmm. in this, and mm-hmm. it's you don't get you really don't get that many women yeah. and like with personalities that are so different. Yeah. Um, if you look at the other Suicide Squad, you don't get that at all. It's true. Like so. half the characters in the original Suicide Squad are there just to like fill out the background. Like they got yeah. backstories, but they have max two lines. <laughs> the lines are terrible. And uh, then they like die or disappear in the background. So it's like, yes. what? Mm, why were yeah. they here again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice to see like such fleshed out characters, and even like they're not like super like quote unquote main characters. I would say like Harley Quinn, Cassandra Kane, and um, oh my god, Black Canary yeah. are like the more main characters. Yeah. But they but they all get like their time to shine. Like you yes. all get to see a little bit about each of them to where I'm like yeah. I would love to know more, but not in the sense where I'm like, well, I don't know anything about this character. I wish that yeah. was explored. I would watch more. I would watch more installments with these characters is the takeaway from this movie. So like a thousand percent, they should still do the sequel. Like, yes, that's that's my that's my (laughs) message for this episode. That's right. Warner Brothers, if you are listening, I think you should (laughs) green Birds of Prey 2. Please green. Please, please do that. Please do that. Um. I also wanted to talk about, uh, so I feel like a lot of this movie, um, like the message of this movie has to do with autonomy and specifically, I feel like I wrote in my notes specifically bodily autonomy. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like it's trying to say a lot about that. And I think I wrote that specifically in reference to the scene where Roman Sionis makes that woman stand up in his club and like physically assault her. I have that written down here too. (laughs) (laughs) That scene. So for a character who's so ridiculous and like both grounded and over the top, that Mm -hmm. was the most terrifying scene in the whole movie. Cause it just felt like, like again, there were so many parts of this that like, okay, no, I don't deal with a mob boss every day in my life, but right, like right, right, right. A, a lot of these personality traits I deal with on a much like sure more low key yeah. scale. Yeah. Like <laughs> a lot of the problems that Harley Quinn is going through, like, no, I'm not gonna buy myself a hyena and blow up a chemical factory. Yeah. But sure. like, sure, I get the I get the urge to like do those things, right? Yeah. The Roman Sionis scene felt, like, too real, and that's yes. why it was so scary. It was just like, this is uncomfortable, and it is uncomfortable on purpose, and this is just, like, masterful, 
like filmmaking because you've been watching yes. this guy who's kind of ridiculous and you're just yeah. like you you know why he's in charge and it's because he's a spoiled mm-hmm. rich kid but like right, you right, don't right. realize how much of a threat he is and then you see yes. that scene and then you're like oh this guy's gotta go like this guy is dangerous to women and also to everyone like he needs to be right. taken down and that scene almost got cut from this movie i'm so glad they kept it in because one it is i wrote that down too because it's it's i said he's so scared it's he is so mm-hmm. scary because he can go from goofy to fucking insane so yes. quickly and then that scene is so scary because we we don't see her like phys- like the, there's no like full body shot take her taking her clothes off it is on yeah. her face and yes. she is visibly shaking and mm-hmm. crying and that is the most like powerful point of that scene is like it's mm-hmm. not the it's not the act of her taking off her clothes, her clothes. it's the 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 visceral fear, fear. that she shows yeah. is the scariest part of that scene which kind of makes me think a little bit about and, and that 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 uncomfortable feeling is what may like what why the studio wanted it cut they were like oh no this is too upsetting and Mm -hmm. the director and everybody was like no but this this scene is very important yeah for showing you like why roman sionis is a problem and then it's also like black canary's kind of turning point where she's like okay no i have to i have to cut ties with this person mm-hmm. uh I, like i can't i can't be in his employee anymore i have to stop him um but that scene i loved because it made me think there was a while a while ago there was like a trend of like all of the female characters had physical assault as their backstory <sighs> yeah right and like Every time they show you the backstory, they also show you in kind of graphic detail the physical assault. And Mm -hmm. in this iterate, which like, (sighs) did you really need to show us? Did you really need to show us that much? And this scene was, it felt like a woman was in charge of the decision making Mm -hmm. Mm because she was like, we don't need to show that on screen yes. to make you feel the pain and the humiliation and the fear that the yes. is happening in the scene. Like we don't need to show you what's happening. We can be yeah. very sparse with the visuals and still have the Absolutely. impact that you want. And I just really appreciate that. Cause like, sure. You want to have physical assault as a motivating factor for your female character. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. But you also don't need to be like, you don't need to show us that up close. If you were good at this job, you could show it to us in a way that isn't like physically revolting for your audience Mm, member. And I feel like they walk that line so well in this movie because you feel uncomfortable right Mm -hmm. but you also don't feel like i personally hate those physical assault scenes because i'm like i don't i don't need to see this like i don't want this right my brain right and they are able to do it in a way that like i get it and i feel it but i also don't have to like 
scrub my brain out after the fact. Like, I don't have to take a shower after <laughs> I watch this movie. I right. can just enjoy this movie. Yes, it's not... It is something that, like, unfortunately, I would say, like, what, one out of three women are going to experience, if not every woman has, not to this degree, maybe, but, like, every woman has experienced some sort of weird, unfortunate, like, some, it's mostly men, and sometimes Mm -hmm. also a lot older men, too, Mm -hmm. uh, who are making you feel very uncomfortable, um, and, like, visibly shaken by this, and, like, also Black Canary is, like, she has a very physical reaction to that yes. too and she's like oh and then there's the moment where it's like oh wouldn't you you'd think that you'd intervene but you don't know that because mm-hmm. sometimes people are so scary that you just don't know <laughs> you don't right? know what is going to happen to anyone um around you right in that situation so it was and it was it luckily played out to a, a way where in theory nothing super horrible happened yeah uh but we don't we don't know that because i mean it was obviously that's obviously going to be something that that woman takes around with her forever and will probably never return to that establishment and the fact that her male companion in that scene does nothing yeah like i mean hopefully that dude is done so but also (laughs) you can't really blame him because nobody knows what the hell sionis is about to do right he's such a a wild card that you're just like i mean he could shoot the both of you and yeah nothing will happen because he owns this club and he probably owns a lot of the cops and also yeah. he owns a major si- crime syndicate so like right I, nothing is going to happen and i just like every part of that scene was was just masterfully done like it was just yes. like it was excellent and it starts off like like he's obviously hearing her like obnoxious laugh but she says, oh, Romy, Romy, you have to listen to this. This is so funny. So right, she is right, like, right, right. They have like, a relationship. Yeah. And it's just like, she's very much like, oh, my gosh, this is so funny. I want to share this with him. And it mm-hmm. flips, like, so quickly. So uh, And I think, like, that's, that is, like, a big turning point. Like, he's obviously bad, but he's been, like, over mm-hmm. the top sort of clownishly bad. Yeah. Uh, but this is a real, like, this is based in reality. This is a bad mm-hmm. person. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah is that I love I love that ending scene where they're all getting margaritas together and just yes. like really broing out and uh, I have a note that just says I don't know if women loving women is appropriate here but it feels like it works in a real non-sexual kind of way yes. like it's literally just women loving other women yes. and it's really nice and I like it <laughs> It's that, like, drunk girl in a bathroom thing where it's, like, nothing but, like, nice things are coming yes. out of their mouth. Yes. And you're like, I love it here, and I love you, and you're so nice. I and I love like, you looks- so much. <laughs> and I it's love you nice. so much, and I just need you to know it. <laughs> Your hair is you're, so pretty. And- <laughs> you're beautiful, and I love you. So and you're that's like- beautiful, and you're so smart and funny, and I love you. <laughs> So, like, that's the kind of energy that I love. She's like, drunk girl in the bathroom who loves everyone. She's going to compliment everyone. That's, feel, <laughs> that's what the end feels like. It's just, like, it's a good, fun ending. Like, a very uplifting. You yeah. find out Bruce isn't dead. Bruce the hyena, which is very nice. Bruce. I love that hyena. Uh, that, and I also that, love that he's named Bruce. 
I love that too. I love that Harley Quinn's crush on Bruce Wayne is yes. like a a recurring joke, yes. and I love it. Ugh. But yeah, the end is just like so uplifting and fun. Yes, and uh, I couldn't. I don't think I could have ended it in a better way. Like it could have ended in a real bummer. But it didn't. It ended but like it real fun. But it didn't. This was a fun movie. <laughs> Unlike literally every other installment from the DC universe. Like even the first Suicide Squad. They all end up yes. back in jail. Yes. Like and you they, guys. Yeah. The It ends with him, the Joker breaking her out. And then it's like Q21 Ugh, pilots. <laughs> That's right. That's the end song, right? 21 Pilots is yeah, the... Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure, yeah, because I remember the music video for that coming out, and they're in a prison, and I did not realize how much that song was tied to the movie, so I was like, this is a real interesting choice here, guys, and then I think they do show you some shots from Suicide Squad, and I was like, oh, wait, Makes what? <laughs> Makes sense. All right. I do briefly want to touch on the Suicide Squad. Because I thought it, it. (laughs) I did think it was like a thousand times better than the first one. Yes, yes, Um, agreed. But that's really not a easy. Or sorry, it's not a hard thing to do. No, it's not. It's not saying a whole lot. It's. I think it's totally. I think it's fine. I like James Gunn. I think he's a really fun style of like directing and Mm -hmm. like making really bizarre uh characters work and like you like you do you fall in love with all these like weirdo characters um and i do like harley quinn's portrayal in this much better because she doesn't she walks around in a dress but it's really fun and it's a pretty dress so i i think that it's and she gets to wear her boots with it so i'm like all right that's fun and i like (laughs) that she wears her like Harley Quinn outfit at the very beginning of it. So she's got mm-hmm. like pants on. It's pants. Yep. I'm very excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's wearing pants. No yeah. more short shorts for, for Harley Quinn. Uh, but then you also get like, my favorite person in this is Ratcatcher 2. I love Ratcatcher 2. Mm-hmm. I think she's a wonderful character. I think yes. that she's very complex. She's got a lot of great screen time too. Like she's definitely one of the characters they spend a lot of time on. And I like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just think there's a lot of nice things about it. Um, but I also, like, it's not my favorite. It's fine. I think it's okay. I think it's, like, physically gross. Like, there's a lot of grossness to it. <laughs> like, sure, yeah. But, eh. <laughs> I think the plot was dumb. But I <laughs> felt like my big takeaway from the movie was that all of these, like, B-level Super question mark heroes uh, had a stupid good amount of chemistry. Yeah. Like, it was a really well cast piece and -hmm. everybody connected. But also, like, I feel like they made a big deal about Harley Quinn being in that movie and she's, like, not in that movie a lot. She's not. It took me. Now, how. I. It took me, like, three days to get through that whole movie. Uh, so uh, it's possible that I just, just, like, not because I watched it in three installments. I didn't, like, like, I kept 
pausing and then coming back at times when she was not on screen so yeah. it was like well maybe it's just because i'm not watching it all in one setting but she's not in that movie she's really like it which made me like like watching that just made me want more like of a of another birds of prey type movie because i was like i just like i like harley quinn i like this mm-hmm. like the scenes that i like the most are with her so it's like right. i just want more of her i enjoy like the flippant, like, oh, I got, like, I was, like, road rage or whatever. It's, like, when I am back in in jail. Like, I think that's fun. But, like, I like that she gets, like, a weird romance subplot kind of thing. great. (laughs) And then she's, like, no, this guy's got major red flags, so I'm gonna kill him. (laughs) That was my favorite thing, because I was, like, I remembered hearing that they did a better job with her character in that movie. And I was, like, they made her the side piece for this bitch? Like, really? This is better? And right. then she kills him. And she was like, I can't get involved in another unhealthy relationship. You're very cute. And the sex was A+. plus, <laughs> But you've got a lot of red flags. And yes. I just had to end it. I had to end it. And by end it, I mean I had to murder you. Yes. And I like her, like obliterating the compound of guards and like I didn't love the uh like the flowers showing up in the background I get what they were going for like I get like Mm -hmm. this is this is her bizarro fun time I Uh, mean they were trying to recapture the glitter stunt of Birds of Prey is what it felt like but it did like it didn't it just didn't hit for me for some reason I did like that she was destroying everybody that was fun uh but yeah I just there's some things where it's like I wanted I wanted more Harley Quinn Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah it definitely and again it was it is hard to pinpoint what the difference is other than to say that as a woman, I could tell Birds of Prey yes. was made by women. Yeah. As a woman, I could tell that the Suicide Squad mm-hmm. and the scenes with Harley Quinn in them were directed by a man. And like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to assign a value to that. It's right. just that like, of the two things, one of them I connected with very strongly. Absolutely. And another one, I didn't so much. So like. Right. Being able, like, relatability in content is, like, so important because it's yes. going to make you, like, come back for more. Like, it, Exactly. And it makes you excited about seeing things. Like, I will never forget how electric the theater was for Black Panther. And I was like, this is right? so amazing. Like, I am yes. so glad that I get to experience this in theaters because, like, mm-hmm. everybody was so happy to be there and excited right? to see themselves on screen on for, screen. like, the first time since Blade. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> come on. Oh, my gosh. That's rough. That's rough, and we gotta do better. <laughs> and I'm glad. And I'm, I'm very excited. I love Blade. I like that is w- top. Like I know it's technically like is that a Marvel movie because it's so long ago. Whatever, top Marvel movie of all time. Blade two, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so good. But I'm very excited about the new Blade coming into the new universe. Uh, just because I think Blade is a super cool character in general. Much more so than is it. M- Mobius? More, 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 more. I get them more, confused too. Morbius. Morbius. I think is what it is. Which doesn't sound right because we're getting a we're getting a Sandman movie from Neil Gaiman with Morpheus. Yes, yes, it's very like 
Jared Leto is coming back for some reason as Morbius. And honestly, just based off of the vibe that was like, I don't know that I can recall any specific events that Jared Leto did. I think he sent Margot Robbie like a doll head in the mail and it was creepy or some. Was it worse than that? Uh, so he definitely sent his co-workers used condoms in the mail. Um, I don't know which of them, but uh, some of them. So, like, he was not invited to that. <laughs> I don't like that. And I don't know why you would do that. And honestly, that makes me never want to watch another movie with you in it ever again. Yeah. Like, he was just like, he's wanting want to so- support this babe. <laughs> He he like wanted to be like method. It was it was just very clear. I mean, but is that would the fucking Joker mail you a used condom? Doesn't seem like his mo. I feel uh, like <laughs> his iteration of the Joker would. I feel like I feel like the Heath Ledger and the uh, Jack Nicholson version of the Joker would send you a severed pinky in the mail. Sure, like, yeah, that's yeah, that's their sounds, mo. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. honestly. Of the two of those things, I'd rather a severed pinky. Me like, too. <laughs> send me a freaking head in the mail. That's fine. I'm it's... traumatized, but I'm not skeeved out the way that a used condom. Like, not. It's a used yes. condom? Yes. I don't need. I don't need something that your dick touched in my mail. Please. And, like,. I don't know, like, how that was sent. Like, did you open it and, like, it fell out? Like, because that would be, like, literal nightmare for me. I would never stop cleaning the spot. Like, (laughs) I am curious. Or was it, like, in a box where you open it and you're like, huh. (laughs) I hope hope it was in a box. Yeah. Because otherwise, how did you know it was used? Yeah. Because, like, you would have, if it was in an envelope, I imagine you would have had to pull it out and just, like, my hands will never, oh. will never be clean again. <laughs> that's, uh, that's everything I have to say. Do you have any, any closing thoughts and feelings? I don't think so. I was going to say that my uh, cocktail for this movie was uh, sweet, sweet champagne and uh, <laughs> cherry. I'm trying to make a cocktail for each of our movies, but out Ooh, of stuff that fancy. I have access to currently, like, I don't want to have to go out and buy <laughs> right, right, right. new alcohol, and so the only things that I had in the house was champagne and a bada-bing cherry, <laughs> and I turned it into a pink drink, and that felt appropriate. That's very appropriate. I think Harley Quinn would approve of that. Last time I sipped on a single shot of vodka, because... <laughs> That felt appropriate it for felt, Black Widow. Yes, that's very appropriate for Black. We're gonna have to figure out a cock. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna get drunk before. No, I won't get drunk beforehand. I, I did not get drunk get before this. Lightly, episode. I loosened tipsy. up a little. Yeah, exactly. I Just loosen little. up the vocal cords, as they say. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was our episode on Birds of Prey. I think it's a highly recommend from both of us that you watch yeah. Birds of Prey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. You can skip uh, all the rest, uh, but just watch <laughs> Birds of Prey. <laughs> just watch Birds of Prey. You don't have to watch anything else. You don't have to watch anything else. And that is the the best PSA we can leave you on. So thanks for listening. Bye.